Hey, this is Max, and this is The Uncommon Truth, a podcast in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. This is a podcast where we talk about Jesus, how to follow him, and what it means to be an authentic Christian in today's society. We do that by having conversations with people who are living it daily in unique ways. If you've already arrived, if you have no growing left to do, or if you're 100% certain about every single aspect of your faith, then I think The Uncommon Truth is probably not for you. But if you enjoy thinking through your faith, if you've ever felt like something was missing in the North American church, then you'll probably enjoy The Uncommon Truth. Today we're going to be having a conversation along those lines with a friend of mine named Jordy Mumby. Jordy's an associate pastor at the Father's House Church, and he also runs the School of Transformation in Oroville, California. Our conversation today is definitely going to be true to form for The Uncommon Truth. We're going to be talking about some of the biggest misunderstandings when it comes to reading the Bible and how we do that here in the West. So if you've ever wondered if the Bible is written directly to you, or if it should be read the same way we read a novel or a textbook or something else, then you probably want to stick around to hear our conversation with Jordy. Make sure you stick around for the end of the show. I'm going to give you some ways that you can connect with me here at The Uncommon Truth. You can give me some feedback or tell me what you want to hear us talk about, and we will be sure to give you a shout out. But for now, let's welcome Jordy to The Uncommon Truth. All right, well, it's my pleasure to welcome you back, Jordy, from, uh, I guess it's been about 10 episodes, so in real world time, that's like two and a half months Mm -hmm. of uh, being away from the podcast, and, you know, we filled in with some other people, but it's really good to have you back. Yeah, I enjoy sharing thoughts. Somebody that I can talk uh, hockey with a little bit, you... uh, we both watched hockey games last night. Or you wanted to watch a hockey game. I heard you weren't able to get the uh, the Oilers game on yeah, your TV. They were playing San Jose, so they blacked it out. Ah, oh, that's the worst. But then I randomly found, because uh, I got, I, I pay for a bunch of channels, right? So yeah. I found some random channel that actually had it. Yeah. So I watched the Oilers get blown out last night. So Yeah, I had some friends. So this was the, the weird game where you're the team that you enjoy. Uh, the, or the team that you've been following longer plays the, your second team, right? So mm-hmm. my Colorado Avalanche played the Winnipeg Jets, and both are like home to me. And I've been to both arenas and cheered on both players, and they played each other last night. And within 29 seconds, one of the, the teams runs over and knocks out cold the goalie for the other team. Oh, nice. And uh, I was just like, I don't even know how to feel. Like I'm met, I love <laughs> right. that guy, but he just ran over this guy. Like, come on. Can't yeah. you guys just be nice? Don't you know that I'm fans of both of you? Isn't it all about me? You just got to go all in. Yeah. Winnipeg. No, I was going for the Avalanche, <laughs> which see, was a good go. It was good because uh, I think the Avalanche actually have a shot this year, and the Jets are just... The Jets. They don't... They have all all old. They have all names you've never heard of on the defense except for one. So, um, rough times. Yeah. Anyway, so that was my. Uh, I enjoy talking. You bring up hockey and and sports and stuff, and uh, we gotta have more of that. Maybe we just talk about uh, sports sometime on the podcast. I, yeah, I don't think great. that's quite uncommon truth, but well, you know, I wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about something that I think like I've really learned a lot from you through uh, School of Transformation, and something I, I learn every time you step in front of a microphone, uh, hopefully today is no different, just about how to read the Bible. And I'm always blown away by, so Jordy steps up in front of in front of church or in front of class, and he's got three verses. I'm like, oh, I've heard these 
heard th- these three verses dozens, hundred times, and you'll pull out five things in three verses that I've never thought of before, but they're they're like they're like obvious. Like, yeah. why didn't I think of that before? Right. Uh, you told a story once of a of the disciples untying a donkey, and do you know what happens to people who untie donkeys and just take them? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a that's not a good thing to do. That's like the beginning of Aladdin. You get your hand chopped off, <laughs> and they're just like, yeah. oh, you know. And I never thought about that. It's just like, oh, he's going to get a donkey. They, he said the donkey's going to be there, and so right. it was there, right? Yeah. And so I wanted to have you on today to talk a little bit about yeah, how you read Scripture, how you look at Scripture, how you've studied it, and because uh, I do think it's uncommon, and I think uh, the church needs more of it. So before we get into some of the misconceptions that people have about Scripture, how, like, how did that start for you? Like You didn't just wake up one day and, and like, I, I'm going to be a Bible savant now. <laughs> Right. Yeah, a couple of things happened. Is I, w- I went to a school of ministry, and uh, the Bible teacher uh, during one of the teaching blocks that happens during a week was just this this lady who would read the Bible to to us, and it would come alive. Like mm. she would read it and just like, "Don't you see this? Can't you see that?" And it was it like it blew my mind that all that stuff was wrapped up in the scriptures. Scriptures I've read over and over. Yeah. All of a sudden, she brought life to them, and I was like that's cool. Like, I want to read the Bible like that, mm-hmm. you know? And then the, the, uh, the other major thing that happened was my position as a teacher uh, within the School of Transformation and then uh, being an associate pastor here as well is I never want to get on stage and talk about something that I don't know about mm-hmm. or um, I want to bring something of value yeah. to people. And so that really got me into the Bible a lot. It got me into reading reading context, uh, understanding what it is. And so like my, my passion for reading the Bible came, came from that. Um, when I first got here, you know, Steve, uh, Pastor Steve, he, he really got me on the track of, you just need to read the Gospels. Mm-hmm. It, like that, that set my foundation for everything. Because it's after all, it's Jesus' teachings that we put our life on. And so I better know our, <laughs> the, the teachings yeah. of Jesus, right? Yep. And in, in fact, it's, it's right in there, John chapter 8, right? It's, it's, if you know my teachings, you'll be my disciples, then you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's like, it's right in there, right? And so like digging into just the teachings of Jesus and making that the foundation of everything was, was really the springboard of this passion to read the Bible mm-hmm. of, wow, like this thing is alive, you know, just, and then, and then the personal responsibility that comes with the position that I'm in and, and you know, wanting to bring truth. Yeah. So that, that's really the foundation of the passion for reading the Bible for me. Okay. Yeah. And that, that definitely comes out because when you, uh, when you, when you read it and when you talk about like what's going on, you paint a scene, um, it's, it's like you, it's like you've got a picture in your head almost that you're trying to like paint for everybody else. Like yeah. you can see it happening in front of you. And, um, and I just, I haven't seen that. I haven't, I haven't experienced that. And, uh, it's something that I, I want to do. And I think a lot of people, if they're honest, they don't, they don't read the Bible and, and get that sort of like moving picture show in their head right. of what's going on. Right. But it does, it's not, it's not something that comes without a lot of hard work and a lot of, a lot of study. Right. Yeah, I think the, the number one thing is realizing these are real stories with real people, mm-hmm. with real situations, you know, and I think just that statement alone, I think a lot of people begin to argue with me, Yeah, you know, it's just, well, how do you know? It's like, we can get into that another day, but it's just, these are real people, real stories. They really happened. And if you put yourself 
in that situation with them, then it just brings a life to it. Yeah. Like my favorite example of this is the feeding of the 5,000. Put yourself in that scenario as either a disciple who is told to, no, you give them something to eat <laughs> in the middle <laughs> yeah. of nowhere. Yeah. You know, 5,000. Well, they only counted men at the time. So yep. at least 5,000 people. And then you put yourself in a position of, well, I'm hungry. I want to get fed. Mm-hmm. You know, just put yourself in that position. How chaotic that would be. Like in a crowd of 5,000 people. Yeah. And this as they separated them into groups of 1,500. Like that alone is a miracle. Yeah, that you can get them to do that. <laughs> that Maybe people... they're very tired and hungry by this point. They're just listening to whatever you say. <laughs> right, but they actually cooperated with that, which is yep. a miracle, you know, in, its, in itself. And then you could just like put yourself in the position of watching the bread being passed mm-hmm. from... I don't know, like there must have, they started with one corner, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, maybe the front left corner gets it first. And you see, you just hear the rumblings as this thing goes passing through as Mm -hmm. that group of 100 gets fed with just a little lunch. And then the next group of 50 gets fed, you know? And then I always put myself at the back of the story, right? Where I'm like, number 5,000. Wonder if there's any for me. (laughs) You know, and you see this whole thing come through. Anyway, it just gives life to the whole thing rather than just reading it. Boring, 4,000 fed, 5,000 fed. I've read this before, you yeah. know? So mm-hmm. that, that really stands out to bring it life for me, you know? Yeah. yeah. Put yourself in the middle of the story. And yeah. in that way, do things like, things still pop out at you that, that you didn't expect or that you're like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't see that before? Oh, definitely. The, the way things are phrased. Okay. You know, like I understand translation. I understand there's numerous translations, all that stuff. Uh, but like certain phrases will pop out at me. And the one I'm on now, which I'll probably speak about in the next couple of days, right, is, is Jesus just has this one reaction to when they come to arrest him uh, at, near the end of the story, right? Mm-hmm. They come to, and and uh, Peter chops the guy's ear off, the whole thing, right? And Jesus just says this. He says, am I leading a rebellion? Mm-hmm. And like that phrase is just echoing through me, you know? Just Jesus doesn't come to, <clears throat> to uh, cause a rebellion. And I think a lot of Christians take Jesus to cause their own rebellion. Hmm. You know what I mean? No, I think so. Right? They, they, try to, they try to cause rebellion within the school system. Okay. Right? Oh, We're yeah. taking over yeah. the school system. We're yeah. causing rebellion. Culture war. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Or in, in, the, in the big ticket um, issues of our day, right? Mm-hmm. We're causing a rebellion. We're taking over this, you know? And, and Jesus just has Working that one from, little phrase. Yeah, within the system instead of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and Jesus just has that one little phrase. Am I leading a rebellion? And so, like, to me, that's, that's caused me a whole bunch of questions. Yeah. Am I joining Jesus in a rebellion that he's not even a part of? Because hmm. he says he's not part of a rebellion. Am I leading a rebellion? Yeah. Anyway, so it's just, like, phrases like yeah. that will catch me and just spark my curiosity, and then I'll start to just squirrel cage on him like I'm doing right now. I'm going, how does that apply to us now? Mm-hmm. You know? Am I, am I actually using my Christianity to launch a rebellion? Yeah. Am I all mad about the school system because of what they're going to teach and all this? Is he leading a rebellion? And so I have to question myself on this. Anyway, so that's the stuff I get by reading the Bible. Just little phrases like that will start yeah. to spark things. So, And so would you say most most people in the U.S. and Canada and the West, I guess fill in the blank, most people in the West are reading their Bible? <laughs> For devotional purposes only. Okay. I've and are this- they reading it enough? Are they reading it like... Okay, like the, the question of enough... Uh, doesn't really spark me very much. I've heard people say, I've read the Bible X amount of times in X amount of years, and the fruit mm-hmm. of their life is still garbage. Hmm. Right? So, yeah. Like, yeah. So, your Bible reading isn't really doing you any good. 
right? Where right. where you have to actually read the Bible properly. So uh, that's why I say um, uh, a lot of Christians read it for devotional purposes only. They see what they want to see in it and what it pl- and how it applies to them. Hmm. They don't see the context. They don't see the historical significance of things. And they read it just purely out of what am I getting out of this right now? Hmm. And so you can read the whole Bible from front to back and get a whole bunch of garbage out of it. That isn't really true because you're reading it based on what you think it should say for a devotional purpose. Right. Rather than actually see what it actually says. Is that why we all skip over Leviticus? <laughs> right. It's like, what is this? <laughs> Boring. What is this going to do for me? <laughs> it's part of the Bible, so... Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think so. I think uh, a lot of our our direction in reading the Bible is really come from this place of, well, have you read your Bible every day? It's like, uh, I don't care about reading the Bible every day. I care about what you get out of it when you mm. do happen to read it. Yeah. You know, having it as a, as a, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? As a habit, you know, like that's important. But if you're reading out of habits sake, then you're going to get nothing from it. Yeah. If you're reading it to be like curious of just, oh, I wonder what's going to pop out next. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's that's the best way to read it. Yeah, yeah. And it, it can't just become like, a, well, I checked off my quiet time today. Exactly. Right. I remember that. Um, I, I remember both the the good part of that, and then later on, like the the weightiness of that. Where um, when I when it'd been a while since I'd actually dug into scripture, and somebody had said, you know, like, hey, why don't you check this out? And I was curious and I was like, man, I could spend like two hours every morning on this. And I was waking up early and, yeah. and Starbucks knew me by name, <laughs> right? Like every, every person there just had my coffee ready for me and I just had to pay. And, and then eventually I got to this point where it's like, oh man, like I'm not even sure, like this isn't interesting to me, but I'm going to keep doing it because this is what my mentor five years ago told me was important mm-hmm. and uh, he meant it for, for how you meant to, you know, just be digging into it and, and looking for new things and new gold. And I was taking it as like, well, I got to get a page number, you know, mm-hmm. a certain amount in or a certain amount of time in, or, um, you know, a certain like application for my life today. And when it was hard to find that, it was like really discouraging. I think that's a lot of people, right? Yeah. Like, Oh man, my, my quiet time, like I gotta, I gotta go make something happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of letting something happen. Well, there was that whole thing about reading the Bible in a year, right? Mm-hmm. And so you'd read. I don't really remember the formula correctly, but it was, it was uh, Psalm, Proverb, something from the New Testament, yeah. right? So you do those three things every day, and you'd catch up to three hundred sixty-five days. And you'd mm-hmm. read it in a year, right? It's like, but what did you get out of it after that year? Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm sure you get something. Don't get me wrong. It's the Bible. It's got life to it, but at the same time. I think reading the Bible properly is the number one key on this one, mm-hmm. where you have to recognize uh, where covenants do come in. Right? If you're just reading Proverbs, Psalms, something out of New Testament, it's like there's there's a you're going to be scratching your head yeah. <laughs> because you're going to run into information that doesn't quite line up, right? And so you have to really recognize where these covenants come in, right? So how I would start reading the Bible of just like getting a fresh perspective on life to come out of this again. Right. It's just, you do really have to stick with the teachings of Jesus. And if those don't challenge you, I, I don't know what you're reading. Yeah. Right. If you look at a woman lustfully, then you commit adultery. Uh-oh. Like that's, you have to squirrel cage on that one for a while. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to let that ponder. You got to let that marinate. That's <laughs> right? probably, I think that's one thing that, 
that came that I, I kind of practiced out of is actually marinating on things and like because once you once you have been at this Christian life for a while, you kind of get to the point where it's like, well, I should know what this is, and so you kind of skip over things, and it's not always it's not like I'm gonna skip this one. It's mm-hmm. it's almost like okay, I I've read it. It's a uh, sub subconscious, right? Yeah, you know, I've I've heard that one. Let me get to something else I haven't heard. Mm-hmm. But if you do stop to think about that one, it's like, who's who's good at that? Like who's who's figured <laughs> that one all the way out, right? Right. Like it's so rich to me. Like you have to put yourself once again in in the situation. And so with Matthew's account, it's it's the uh, Sermon on the Mount. And so he's got a bunch of people surrounded him. It, this is Jesus as a Jew speaking to a bunch of Jewish people, and just totally flipping the script on him. Right, it's just like, yeah, I, I know your standard, but check out this standard that I'm mm-hmm. going to give you now, and like put yourself in that position of always hearing the same routine over and over by the scribes and the Pharisees, and then all of a sudden Jesus says this thing that's just so fresh and and mind blowing and challenging. You know, like you put yourself in that position, going like, I don't even know what up is what up is 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 the sky blue? Like like everything has yeah. changed, yeah. right? And so that's the power of the Sermon on the Mount where you get this, where Jesus just comes and just shakes up everything, Mm -hmm. you know? We take them as phrases because we've heard them for so long, but once again, if you put yourself in their position, really understanding context a little bit better, then you get life from this thing. You're reading the Bible with your hair blown back all the time, going, oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Well, I don't have hair, but I I understand the (laughs) phrase, yeah. So, okay, I want to get into some of these misconceptions because one thing that I... I was kind of jotting down in the back of my mind going through uh, your school of transformation and listening and doing, doing the homework assignments like that, reading the, reading the Bible through intentionally and, and taking notes and, and just thinking about it in a fresh way. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I've kind of come up with some things that I, I don't think are very common to reading the Bible in, in the rest, in like normal everyday Christianity here in the West. So misconception number one, the Bible was written to me, a 21st century Western Christian. Yeah. So what's wrong yeah. with that? <laughs> right. Where do we start? <laughs> well, first of all, they have no clue about where North America was. Right. <laughs> when all those letters are written. It's a very small geographical landmass that all of this Bible stuff plays out, right? And so you have to think culturally, and you have to think historically at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't written specifically to us as 21st century North Americans. So we have to do the due diligence of actually putting ourselves in their shoes. Hmm. And once we do that, then we can start to bring stuff into our time. The stuff that is important to them it would be important to us now. And so there, there's that certain due diligence of finding proper context. Yeah. Of, no, this wasn't written to us. This was written to them, you know? And really realizing that Paul wasn't really thinking of you. Yeah, <laughs> Matthew was not thinking of you. He was thinking of a specific church at a specific time with specific issues with specific questions. Mm-hmm. And so finding those out is like this treasure hunt. Of yeah. Going, oh, that's fantastic, right? Now, now that I figured all those things out, now how does it apply to my life? You know. Yeah. So that's the simple, basic way to kind of overcome that misinterpretation. You know. Yeah, I think that one's come to mind a little bit when thinking, uh, thinking of the early like the, the the 11 disciples and and the early church and how they were they're were expecting Jesus to come back like any minute right. right and for us like when we when we look back it's like 
well, duh, we're still waiting. So, yeah. you know, you guys should have gotten the point after a while. But they didn't. They were they took Jesus right as word. Like, it could be any minute, any day, right? Yeah. And um, and so it's it's weird to think 2,000 years ago they were they were thinking that way, right? Absolutely. And, um, yeah, the, the certain things that they say with that in, in light, that's one of the things that's been, like, circling in my mind for a little while, like, just trying to put myself in that perspective of what like how how are they they wouldn't have even conceived that there would be earth still doing earth stuff yeah. 2000 years later right oh yeah and so then like how are they going to be writing writing stuff to me now mm-hmm. right um yeah i don't know it's just certain things like that that pop into my mind when thinking about um what what filter we use to read the the bible i um I've heard somebody say, you know, like they pick out life verses, right? Um, and and somebody, you know, a very common one is uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Uh, I think it's twenty nine eleven, which mm-hmm. I know the for I know the plans I have for you, declares yep. the Lord. And when somebody says that to me, I, I have always thought, like, well, do you know who that was written to? Exactly, because because I'm pretty sure it wasn't to you in in the suburbs here, and <laughs> you know, in Colorado or or in Winnipeg, you know, I. Pretty sure that that wasn't the the situation going on. Very much because it was it was like, hey, you guys got you know you exiles got exiled and and don't <laughs> worry, it's you know it'll all be put in place. But later in the same book, to a different sort of people, he says, I know the plans I have for you, and they're plans of destruction. Right? Like <laughs> nobody has that as their life verse. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> so no, that's I think that's one hundred percent right. It's like you have to know Jeremiah was a prophet number one. Then okay, who's he prophet to? And then. Obviously, from there, why was he a prophet? Mm-hmm. What was he saying? What was the situation he was actually speaking into? Right, like that—that's that's part of the due diligence of reading your Bible, right? Yeah. So I think that's a huge point. Yeah, it's it's a great soundbite, but where does it come from? Yeah, you know, and then taking it from there. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's actually a danger if you if you don't do your due diligence. Oh, and you decide, guess. okay, so this is this thing I that scrolled through on Instagram, and it's a landscape picture with one verse. No, and yeah. if I base my theology on that, that could you could actually be reading something that's completely opposite to the the whole message of Scripture, right? Well, let's let's wade into deep waters here. Let's do it. We're way over our heads. Revelation. Okay. <laughs> Everybody has a theory on what revelation is. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we're into declaring who the Antichrist is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If for Picking some reason, up. for some reason, the Antichrist has to come from North America, specifically from the USA. Like, uh, that's a stretch. I don't, yeah. like, I understand prophetic language, but I also understand that this letter was written to seven churches in Asia Minor. With real people in them, in real places. Yeah, absolutely. With real situations, with... Honestly, like Jesus correcting and encouraging certain situations that are going on. And then it goes into this huge prophetic language thing that we don't quite understand. Mm -hmm. Because we have to, once again, put ourselves in their situation. And they were ruled by Rome at the time. Rome was, you know, favorable or unfavorable to Christians, whatever the history, you know, deems it to be. And then John uses specific... uh, um, symbolic language when it comes to evil, when it comes to good, and 
It's just, it, it's this whole trap of us just to read whatever the heck we want to read into it yeah. and come up with crazy theories. I've heard the most crazy theories from people that have read Revelation, think they've read Revelations properly, applied their own 21st century North American context to everything, and then applied it as this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or equally erroneous, this has already happened. Yeah. It's like, well, how do you know that? Right? Anyway, so into deep waters here with this Revelation stuff because everybody's just latching on to what they personally believe Revelation says rather than doing due diligence and actually going back and looking at some of the the, the smarter writers that have done the historical historical accounts of what's happening situationally, yeah. you know, probably what they're fighting against, and then knowing what Jewish language really is, about what symbolism really is. And, like, like we... There's so much work that we can do with and Revelation. And where do you, where do right? you start? Like, who, where did you start? Well, luckily, I, I stumbled onto uh, a really smart commentator who, like, is well versed in uh, uh, New Testament understanding. Yeah. Plus, he's got a kingdom of God perspective, right? So that's the stuff that you know. After reading Jesus for so long, he mentions the kingdom of God. For, a lot of times. Yeah, he does. Right? So that's a yeah. good perspective, a good foundation to launch from. And so I found this guy, this commentator, N.T. Wright. Right. Every, everybody should know this guy. He's he is just top notch. You know, he's really coming into his time right now. You know, yeah, <laughs> like everybody a, he's knows like him. in his mid seventies, right? <laughs> yeah, like he used to be the Archbishop of Durham in the Church of uh, England. You yeah. know, and now he's he's I think he's a professor in Cambridge or Oxford or one of those fancy yeah. places over there. And he, he also plays the guitar. So I, I've started listening <laughs> right. to a podcast. And if you're if you're wanting something to listen to uh, alongside The Uncommon Truth, check out Ask N.T. Write Anything from Premier Christian Radio in the UK. Um, it's just people writing in all their, all their random questions about theology, and he puts it into, well, this is what the Bible really says. Yep. And... Um, and he's, I think he's got more than 50 books out and just completed, I think he just completed a whole, like his second or third volume of how to read the letters of Paul, which is, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and, and when he talks though, he doesn't sound like a professor. He sounds like, well, he sounds like a professor cause he's British, but he sounds, <laughs> uh, he's, he sounds, or he speaks in a real down to earth way. Yeah, right? very much. He, he tries very hard to make it, make it make sense for everybody. And so, like, I picked up his commentaries, and they're actually called for everybody. He mm-hmm. just he dumbs it down to, you know, the, the layman's terms about what's going on. He's lived in the countries. He's done the historical research. He's yeah. talked to the right people. He's 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 really done his due diligence, you know, of historical context. And so, like, I read his commentary on Revelation, and it just blew my mind. Mm. Blew my mind about stuff that you just, you don't know this stuff. Yeah. But he's done the due diligence for you, so why not read it? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it just starts to shape your 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 version of how you're reading it, you know, yeah. towards what the actual historical context should be. It's not like he's telling you, know? you what to believe from it, but he's giving no. you like a pair of, it's almost like a pair of glasses that helps focus you on the right, right things, kind of exactly. like cuts out our worldview and replaces it with what would somebody living in this time understand from from these writings right absolutely the term for example the term apostle is used in matthew's gospel and i didn't know this until i started reading anti right stuff right of going apostle was a roman term hmm. which would have caused great offense 
to yeah. the Jewish audience that Matthew is writing to. But then they get the point of what an apostle really is, because an apostle was a culture changer from Rome. They would go into a new city, a new, new region, and they, they would change their culture to Roman culture. Mm -hmm. And so that title of that person that would do that is called apostle. And so, so when Jesus said, you're my disciples, also my apostles, like that, that, like, that, that you would have dropped the, the, uh, the scroll or whatever was written on at that moment. We're going, I need to take a minute with this. Yeah. But yeah. we just read it as, yeah, whatever, apostle. Because mm -hmm. we've used that term in so many incorrect ways. Yeah. <laughs> right? We're bringing we, it back down. At least down. just become used to it, right? Yeah. It, it, what we have to do is bring it back down to the original mm -hmm. use, how it would have heard to them, and then we can bring it into our lives. Yeah. Right? That's good. So, so it, it, like a good commentator really helps with this cultural, historical understanding. Mm-hmm. Well, so one thing that that it brings to mind is a different, like another, I guess, another misconception of the Bible. A lot of people think the Bible doesn't require interpretation, and that's just it's just there. You read it and and you believe what it says. Mm -hmm. But I, it seems to me that the Bible can, if it's read wrong, can actually lead to a lot of harm. So yeah. it matters how you read it, right? Absolutely. So this is where keeping an open mind and remaining a novice is a huge deal when it comes to reading the Bible because you can get into fundamentalism real quick, you know? Yeah, fundamentalism no, the, being you go down the kind of the path literal, of... Literal interpretation. Okay, yeah. When the world was flooded, the world was flooded. Yeah. Like, okay, maybe, maybe not. Like, like yeah. being married to that, it might not be the best position to be in, mm -hmm. but remaining a novice going, okay, cool. You know, like... Uh, other hot topics, you know, like, yeah, was was it really seven days? Or? Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah, right. Like that one we're still arguing about today. It's mm -hmm. like, can we just move on? Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay, I, I accept your did, premise that it wasn't seven days. I accept your premise it was seven days. Yeah, God is God. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Did you hear about? So on on that subject, I think the guy who um, has been like the biggest proponent of of like a young Earth sort of theology, where it's a literal seven days. So he created um, uh, it was Creation Land, I think, in Tennessee, mm. and he's got he's got a full size replica of Noah's Ark that he's recreated from from the I guess the blueprints. Yeah, laid out in scripture, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then he he is suing his insurance company because they don't cover flood <laughs> flood insurance because <laughs> it dripping it with got, irony. It, <laughs> it got rained on and uh, and just wrecked parts of this giant arc and so now he's he didn't know he wasn't covered for flood it's just <laughs> like what do you do with that oh man yeah. i feel for the guy because your giant boat is now sort of wrecked but like you if you build it i don't know it's just no i hear what you're saying right? it's like this is where you got to remain a novice you just you, you just got to read it mm -hmm. just read it you don't believe it like don't park your brain at the door like still engage yeah. with the material and you know like the, my my favorite expression on this was you know the bible isn't a creation book hmm. the bible is a god book so if i want to find out who god is then i'm gonna read the bible yeah if i want to find out what creation is then you're not gonna find that in the bible although there's elements of it there yeah right but ultimately the bible is a god book and so i want to find out who god is so i'm gonna read the bible yeah i think that's a great foundation to be on yeah, yeah well there's there's people that say well you know, if if um, the Bible has been, 
accretion of all these different books and writings from history. Why didn't they talk about this? Or why didn't they speak on this? And why did, well, they weren't concerned with that. They were no. concerned with what, what does, like, how do we represent God, who he is, and, uh, and how do we represent what he cares about and what he wants from us? Yep. Right. And so if you, if you didn't get to a detailed, you know, like biological textbook in there, mm-hmm. then, uh, then it kind of is understandable. Yeah, that's part of reading the Bible properly, right? So, like, yes, the Old Testament was written to a nation, nation of Israel, and the, just the, the, their incredible story, going who they were, who God was, right? It's just it's just an incredible story about a nation. But then it, it switches over into a, a new covenant with Jesus, and so we have to recognize the role of Israel, mm-hmm. who Jesus is within that role, and then that, you know, I'm going to use the term switch, switch into a, a the new covenant. Yeah. You know, and like knowing that there's a different thing happening now. And so we have to read it in a different way now. If you read New Testament with Old Testament lenses, you're going to get confused. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the vast majority of Bible readers are, is they'll read it with different lenses, incorrect lenses. Like you have to see the new covenant for what it is and then read it as if it's the new covenant. Because so, when Jesus was laying it out, people actually knew it was something different, right? That's why that that's probably why people had such a hard time with him, right? Cuz it's quite much. obvious that this was a break from what had been a not so much a break but a new revelation, right? Yeah, very much. It it he was moving into the fulfillment of uh the covenants, right? He, he really he was moving into this fulfillment of of uh what Israel set out to do to be the light of the world. And so what Jesus done on the cross and resurrecting, like he's now living in us where we become the light of the world, right? And so mm-hmm. you have to read it in that way. Where like as an old covenant um, believer, I guess, they would never get that. They would be the nation is the light of the world. But now new covenant says that we are individual, yeah. the light of the world, you know? So it's that, it's that transition that, that, uh, that we have to start to look at when we start to look at these covenants and stuff. So then we get into the the early church fathers, like I like to call them, mm-hmm. and how they set up the early church. And like we can read all about that, about how chaotic that was for like a decade plus, probably more than that, of just like they don't know what to do. They don't know what to yeah. set up. You know? Are we Jewish? Are we not? Are right. we like right? Paul and Peter get into this blowout? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I posed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong, is what yeah. Paul says, right? It's like, yeah. you're talking to Peter, man. Like, like yeah. that's huge, because they, they they were just still trying to sort all this stuff out, you know. Which I think is great for us because we're still trying to sort all this stuff out. Yeah. But the, anyway, so that just reading it properly, going from one dimension to the other, and knowing where you're reading and where you're landing on stuff is massive. So then, one one other thing that I was thinking of in in how like misconception is so it it requires interpretation mm-hmm. we can't just we can't just take everything at at face value because different books are are read and meant for different things right yes. um one one thing that i still remember is somebody explained it to me uh maybe it was in a podcast i was listening to but in in psalms it says okay the the trees of the forest clap their hands in praise of the lord and so if we're going to if we're going to just leave interpretation out of it then we we have to consider that there are trees that have hands <laughs> and that they're capable they're of clapping yeah. and not only all of that but they're clapping 
should be seen as praising the Lord. Right. <laughs> right. And like that, that sounds really ridiculous, but if you don't interpret things, then you're kind of left with that sort of reading of, of some of these like more poetic passages. Right. Yeah. Interpretation is number one. Like you, you have to be able to interpret what's going on. And that's where a lot of homework needs to be done. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, stuff in acts, like once again, revelation, like, the stuff that James says, there's a passage in Jude where the arch, I might get the, the angel wrong here, but the archangel, I think is Michael, wrestles over the body of Moses. <laughs> like, what do you do with that? <laughs> right? Like, for me, I just park it, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to interpret that one today. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just shove that one to the side, right? Or baptizing for the dead. Like mm-hmm. it says, in, uh, I think it's First Corinthians that says that. Yeah, like, yeah, you got to do some due diligence on that stuff. Yeah, you know, figure out what they meant. But I think that's the beauty of reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Of going, there's a mystery there. There's a little yeah. Easter egg for us to figure out. Let's, you know, let's go find it. Yeah. You know? Um. What do you think of of this idea that Jesus came sort of as like, well, okay, a backup when people read the Bible and they don't make any, any distinction between old Testament and new Testament and they say, okay, well, Jesus is in all of it mm-hmm. and we can see Jesus through everything. And so I'm going to just live my life. Like I'm going to use the whole Bible to teach me how to live. What's the problem with that? Well, you begin to contradict yourself over and over. You'll find yourself extremely confused. Is that where people come up and say like, well, I, I ditch Christianity because the Bible is full of, of, contradictions yeah and the ridiculous argument to that is yeah it is full of contradictions because <laughs> we're yeah. looking at two different covenants yeah like old covenant says this new covenant says this so ultimately is reading it properly knowing that we are in in new covenant you know i'm not quite sure what the question was okay, yeah it was, it was more like it. when when we if, if we don't realize that that there are two covenants and we try to, like you were saying before with the, the uh, Bible in a year thing where you read a Psalm, yeah. a proverb, old Testament, new Testament. Right. And then it's all just, it's all just mishmashed together. It's all the Bible. It's all authoritative to tell me how to live today. Right. This day, you know, then, then you like, what do you do with the stories of like, I, as a camp director, I'd always hear, the kids, you know, like, read me the story of where they stabbed the fat guy and the sword gets stuck in him. And <laughs> yes. It's like, does that mean we can do that too? And it's like, no, that's that's different. Very like, much. It's it's not the same thing, right? Yeah. Like, uh, Israel wiping out a whole group of people. It's, it's <laughs> right. like, it's not the same. Animals and everything. Right? Yeah. So there... If we can, if we can realize and and actually remember that they're not the same, then it actually means that some of it is going to be there to tell us how to live, and some of yeah. it's going to be there for other reasons, right? Yeah. So you find yourself on shaky ground. So every time you're looking for an answer, you just find whatever you want to find, okay? Which is super sketchy, you know, because you can find whatever you want to find, really, mm-hmm. if you if you're reading with that purpose, you know. And so old covenant, new covenant, really doesn't come into into play. So all of a sudden, you're you're extremely confused. You're looking for an answer. You're trying to find an answer, but ultimately, what you're trying to find is what you want to hear, yeah. <laughs> right? Rather than what we are proposing here of going, let's just listen to Jesus, because after all, Matthew six or seven, can't remember, says those who listen to my teachings and act upon them are like the ones that build their house on the rock. Mm-hmm. And so, when chaos happens, this house stays. 
Yeah. And so that's where we have to build everything from that foundation of Jesus's teachings, who Jesus is and the life that he's inviting us into understanding just a little bit better the kingdom of God and our role and responsibility in it. Mm -hmm. Like that's the foundation for everything. Yeah. And so when you hear these old covenant things, you know who Jesus is, different context, different covenant, right? And you hear this old covenant stuff and go, okay, let's just park that back in the old covenant because that's where it belongs. Yeah. Right. There's good, like there's good advice. Don't get me wrong. In the old Testament, there's great instructions and all that stuff, but where it does contradict is because Jesus has introduced a new way. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the power of the Sermon on the Mount. That was just him announcing, there's a new sheriff in town. There's a new way coming. Hold on to your stuff because there's a new way coming. And so when that old stuff goes against that new stuff, we can recognize what it is. Well, that's that old stuff. So let's put yeah. it back there. Like there's still good advice. Don't get me wrong, right? Proverbs, great to read all the time because there's great advice in that stuff. But knowing that it comes from that Old Testament place. Yeah. Right? But the foundation that I'm going to build is Jesus and his teachings. And so I'm going to wash every teaching, old covenant, new covenant, you know, a paid preacher on the TV, you know, local pastor down the road. I'm going to w- wash all of their teachings through the person of Jesus. What does he really truly say? Yeah, because that's would, where I'm building my foundation. He would say things like, you've heard it said this. And sometimes he would bring like a much higher, but I also, I say this, like this yeah. is, you know, you you've heard me say if you commit murder you know don't commit murder but i say if you hate your brother then that that's the same as committing murder exactly. but then he takes you know like the sabbath and he and he lessens the the all the rules around the sabbath because sabbath was created for man not man for the sabbath right, right. And so that's that's a picture of him in in his time in real time like kind of being a, uh the right lenses to see the Old Testament through, right? Yep, and just showing his, his followers like, okay, we got to see it through the new kingdom perspective and not just the way we've always seen it, right? Yeah. And so then I, I think that's one of the things that ha- my confusion has been lifted on since coming here is is because of that, because of that um, knowing where, what I'm, what space does what I'm reading occupy? Right. Is this Is this something that's going to tell me how to live my life? Is this something that's going to inform me so I can understand a different part of scripture or is this good background knowledge, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's helpful. Uh, Can you think of any other big, in in the last little bit, any other big misconceptions of the Bible? There's always going to be misconceptions of the Bible and that's fairly unfortunate. Um, I think it's how we weaponize the Bible for our own personal gain. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that, that's something that's really sketchy lately. Um, I just heard this one lately. This one, this one is an old one. Now I'm going to say old. I'm going to say 15 years ago I heard this. And I haven't really heard it much. And then okay. I, I heard it just the other day, actually, about uh, how we have to read the Song of Solomons. Or mm-hmm. however you say the proper yeah. term. Song of Songs, Song of Solomon. You know, and we have to get our Christian perspective from that. I'm like, really? Like, like that's, that's interesting. Like, in one on one hand, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to add life to the Bible. You, you want to read some spicy stuff? Read some yeah. Solomon, right? Yeah. So it, it's it's trying to bring life to reading your Bible again. But at the same time, like we're talking Song of Solomon. Like Solomon was a horrible father. Yeah. He was a horrible leader. 
you know, like I understood prophetic language. I understood all that stuff. But like, if you're trying to set your foundation on what the Song of Solomon says, like you're going to be, you're going to be pretty confused. Yeah. And so like, that's what I see lately. I've just, and not just, and here's another pet peeve that we might just rant on for a little bit is, uh, is the translations they'll use hmm. while doing those Bible studies. I love studying the Bible. Right, but if you're going to set your life on something, you're not going to set your life on Song of Solomon. You're going to get inspired by it. Don't get me wrong, sure. right? But then, and then they read from a horrible translation. Yeah, you know, like let's read from the message. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, the message <laughs> is one guy's interpretation of the yeah. Bible, so that we can understand a little bit greater about what it says in our, you know, yeah, 21st century language, rather than reading from a, a translation that actually mirrors as close as possible mm-hmm. to the original manuscripts. It's like why 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 don't we study from that point of view? Like, yeah, I want to know what it says from its original point of view. Yeah, that's and why like, I was I was listening to that that podcast I was telling you about. Ask NT Wright anything, and he starts responding to one of the things, and it, he's quoting a verse, but it doesn't sound like I've ever heard it before. And the the uh, the host is like, just so everybody knows, you can't see this, but he's reading Greek, and he's <laughs> right. speaking English yeah. right now. So he yeah. has done his homework. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, if you want to go and learn Greek in seminary or something, then, you know, you could do that. Or you can trust, trust this guy that can translate Greek on the fly for you, yeah. right? And uh, Straight from the manuscript. You can't get better than that. Exactly. Like, like, it, that's a huge pet peeve of mine. That's what I see all the time, yeah. right? New translations come out, and people just are in love with these new translations. So what you find, whatever, right? Uh, but just use them properly. Mm-hmm. Know, know what you're reading, why you're reading it, and it's it's honestly it's errors you know it's like it was written like you said new testament stuff was written in in greek you know we're not all greek scholars and so there's going to be some english you know um license that's going to be used on some terms and stuff like you have to know these these things yeah and the looser of translations that you get the more that you lose grip on what it actually says yeah so now we're not just reading wrong things sorry not wrong things we're reading right things improperly but now we're reading it through a distorted lens. Yeah. It's like, you want to talk about confusion, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Just introduce that stuff into your, your weekly Bible study. Yeah. It's like, let's, this is my passion, right? It's like, this book has been given to us. It is a miraculous book. There's no excuse to read this thing impro- improperly. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse. There's so many tools out there. There's so many resources out there that we can actually read this thing in an intelligent way. But for some reason, we want to read it very selfishly. Yeah. As a devotion, you know? Yeah. Well, what I'm seeing Paul here is talking to me about something. No, he's not talking to you. He's not. Yeah. Trust me. He ain't talking to you. Yeah. He's talking to them. And if your situation mirrors them, then yeah, he's talking to you. But let's put the first things first. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I appreciate it. It's really, really good to have you back on the show. I love yeah. talking with you. I uh, I think, yeah, I, I think we have a really good rapport and and you're somebody i like to learn from and actually want to want to learn how to read the bible more and uh i'll probably have some parenting advice to ask you (laughs) soon too but anyway it's it's been my pleasure thanks jory you got it well thank you as well for tuning in and supporting the uncommon truth we couldn't do it without you thanks for making us part of your podcasting repertoire if you're new to the show and like what you hear I would love it if you could share the show with a friend or better yet, just go on to iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use and leave us a rating and a review. 
that just boosts us up the podcasting charts and lets more people find conversations about the church the way Jesus meant it to be. An easy way to share the podcast is in the show notes. If you scroll down on your phone, you can check out the show notes there. I've got a link that you can put into an email or a text message or a Facebook message, and you could send it to somebody, maybe somebody who should be listening to this episode, and and uh, it'll just take them directly to the show, uh, the platform that they should be using to listen to the podcast. Down in those show notes, you can also find my email. So if you'd like to tell me something you'd like to hear discussed on The Uncommon Truth, or you'd like to tell me what you think about this episode, maybe you've got a bone to pick, I'd love to hear from you, and I will do my best to get to some of your feedback in a future episode. There's loads of other content down there in the show notes. You can get on social media for The Uncommon Truth. Check out Instagram, Facebook. You can get on YouTube and hear some of Jordy's sermons, some of Steve's sermons, some of our other pastor's sermons, and uh, and get a little bit more content in between podcast episodes. So hopefully that's enough to keep you busy until next week when we can see you again here on The Uncommon Truth. Thanks for listening.